This is Saturday Morning Mysteries. And we're your hosts, Alexis and Grace. Hello, and welcome back to Saturday Morning Mysteries, yet another episode where we are your hosts. I'm Alexis. I'm Grace. And we are here after celebrating the fun month of Halloween. We now have mm-hmm. another fun month of November. Apparently, like the last mm-hmm. quarter of the year is just like a dope part of the year, in my opinion, because yep. it gives us three months in a row to celebrate some of the best holidays. Mm-hmm. Notably, in November, we have personally my favorite holiday, not for its Ooh. historical significance, but for what it means to <laughs> us today, Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. Yes. And so, Grace, I don't know how much you like Thanksgiving, whether it's your favorite holiday or not, or whether it's just like, eh, it's another one. No, it's it's we here. We love Thanksgiving in this household. Yes. Wait, we have talked about this briefly before. Uh-huh. Was like it just connecting our love I, for Bob's it, Burgers? Yeah, or was I think it it's on both. Air? I think it was on this podcast and like <laughs> off air, off whatever as yeah. well. But yes, IRL. tying it into yeah. our Bob's Burgers love. Yeah. Yep. Yep. We have a Bob's Burgers uh, Thanksgiving episode marathon. We basically have like a open house for all of our friends and their friends to come over, and as long as they bring yeah. a dish. They can come on over. We hey, cook hey, don't all get day. Away. <laughs> yeah, get out of here. Um, yeah, we cook all day. It's uh, our favorite. So many leftovers. The dogs mm-hmm. love this holiday because we usually never. Actually, we don't give them human food, but on Thanksgiving they get some uh, sweet potatoes. They the get year. turkey. One Oof. time, diorite stole an entire turkey leg from a counter, and no one caught him. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Uh-huh. Was this from your house or was this from another person? Was this, no, this was, yeah, this was back in like Utah. We had like 10 people over. There was like six dogs in the house and Dyer, oh. it's a pretty big dog. So his head can reach the yeah. counter and he never like takes food from places. Like he doesn't steal food, but it was just chaotic enough that we were all like, in the living screw room it. super the full. Leg. And what's more impressive is he, yeah, went up to the edge of the counter stole the entire turkey lake, managed to walk it through the living room with, again, like 10 people, multiple other dogs into like what was our TV room back when we lived in Utah, devoured yeah. it. And it was only when we I saw um, one of our friend's uh, dogs who was like diorites, like frenemy, aka they like truly <laughs> really did not like each other and they sometimes would yeah. bite and it wasn't great. But anyways, um, we got some, <laughs> we got a trauma boy here. And uh, I know, sweet baby, but I like looked into the TV room and she's, this other dog is just standing there staring. And I was like, that's weird. Uh Uh-oh, where's Dio? Is shit about to go down? And then I go in and I turn on the light and Dario just has the bone and is like whacking his tail. And like, this other dog's like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, he was so proud. He did not get in trouble that day. He was so proud of The frenemy status grew 10 times that day. (laughs) You're like, you're not even gonna fucking share. Staring at him in the dark. Yeah, truly. Dario's like, do something about it. Anyway, so my dogs also love Thanksgiving. Amazing. I was gonna say, all this is to say that the love for Thanksgiving isn't just from me and Grace and also I yes. assume Justin but also yes. doggos and mm-hmm. as such because that holiday is so loved at least in the Saturday morning mysteries fam mm-hmm. we were like hey let's do the same thing we did with October and let's do a whole month of episodes only based on Thanksgiving mm-hmm. so turns out there's like a lot of cartoon like Thanksgiving specials that we came across uh-huh uh we're gonna like 
kind of like flip it and like add our little bit of spice <laughs> like, to this. What shows have Thanksgiving crimes happening is the exactly. question. Exactly. So it can't just be about Thanksgiving in general because this is a cartoon crime comedy podcast. Mm-hmm. So instead, the theme of this month, <laughs> I'm going to try not to look. I'm already laughing saying it. Because we think uh, we're really clever and funny. We think we're really clever <laughs> and fucking hilarious. Exactly. Uh, that's why anyone listens to this podcast. Uh, this <laughs> month, we're going to be talking about the crimes of the pilgrims. <laughs> so basically, how we came to this point was indeed, as Alexis said, we were like Thanksgiving themed. And then it was like Charlie Brown's Thanksgiving. like. Yeah. There ain't no crime happening there. It's all like feel good stuff, and right? And like suddenly... weird dancing. <laughs> yeah. That that is the crime. That's the crime. <laughs> the dance moves of these children. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then yeah, we were like, huh? How do we make this like crimeable? How do we crimey it up? And then we were like, <laughs> how do we the biggest criminals crime? of all? Oh, the settlers. <laughs> <laughs> the settlers. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. We'll yeah, get into you know, it. Exactly. There's gonna be yes. it'll be fun. It'll be this mm-hmm. this is maybe going to be our most uh dare I say based month of <laughs> this uh-huh. podcast. I feel like uh yeah, we either are gonna like get a lot of lovers of this theme or a lot You're of really haters. And I'm here for it. I live for your <laughs> hatred. <laughs> It fuels us. It fuels me. Um, yes. But even more so how we're doing this is because a lot of these things are specials or movies is mm-hmm. we each chose a special or movie and are splitting it into two parts. So I'll do the first two weekends of November covering uh, part one and part two of something. And then Alexis will do two in a row as the well. Yes, the last two covering similar or another show, cartoon, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, a part one and part two. So yeah. Also changing that up because again, no rules. Yeah. We can do what we want. We can do whatever we want. And we actually checked the uh calendar this time around, guys. There <laughs> yes. are only four Saturdays in we did it. <laughs> uh November. So this is going to work out smashingly if yes. I do say so myself. And I am mm-hmm. very, very excited. I think. Grace and I briefly discussed a few movies that we may do. Uh-huh. I'm not entirely sure which one she's doing today, though. I think I might know, but I don't know if you changed your mind. So nope. I'm ex- awesome. Okay. So I kind of know, yes. but I haven't seen this actually. Yes. This so. was something that Alexis saw like a, what do you see? Like it was like on a list and you just saw like the screen grab of it or something. Yeah. In the moment I saw the picture, I just like showed it to Grace. And I was <laughs> like, I don't, I've never heard of this movie. I've never seen it, but the picture, like the thumbnail image that they used to talk about it in the article was so fucking hilarious that I was like, we have to, someone has to do this. Like this Uh looks like pilgrim crimes in the making (laughs) in action. Yeah. This is a crime scene photo. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Is what you found. Exactly. So to that end, uh, Grace, take it away and let's, let's start talking about some crimes. Some crimes. Yes. Crimes yes. Part one. Part one. So today I will be covering something that I had also not seen. Uh, Hannah Barbera's 1972 TV film holiday special entitled The Thanksgiving That Almost Wasn't. So Alexis. I, as you know, usually say I'm so thrilled about the episodes that I'm going to tell you about today, 
But today, honestly, I'm full of a lot of emotions about it because Uh there's so much to unpack in this episode, um, including, obviously, the deeply whitewashed history of Thanksgiving in America, which we will be getting into. Mm -hmm. And I do want to say that, like all things we do on this show, we're going to try and bring some humor into the madness and, you know, bring some realness as well. Mm-hmm. And so I want to start off on that note with the latter of those things, blowing the top off of some myths around Thanksgiving because this mm-hmm. film went straight into the truth of Thanksgiving, even though the rest of it was very untruthful. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? For this I hope. Truth bomb. <laughs> yeah. So, did you know, according to this special, that the holiday of Thanksgiving that we know and love and celebrate today wouldn't even be in existence if it weren't for one thing that thing you ask a squirrel thing a squirrel named jeremy (laughs) yes it's true you know i think there was a footnote about that in our (laughs) history textbooks Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. jeremy Jeremy the squirrel is why we have thanksgiving today wow okay oh boy Mm -hmm. this i know okay big truth bombs this episode (laughs) Buckle up. My whole worldview is shattered, Grace. I wouldn't uh-huh. be done. Mm-hmm. But before we get to Jeremy, let's yes. meet our characters in this show and how they came together. And throughout this episode uh, and the next one, I'll be switching like back and forth between the show's depictions and actual history. So like, okay, stay with me here. Um, gotcha. We begin our story both in my retelling of it and... Uh, in the episode itself, in 1620, in what is modern-day Massachusetts, with the peoples who, prior to the arrival of white Europeans, numbered between 30,000 to 100,000. And collectively, these peoples made up the, and I'm probably going to mispronounce this, as I do, things every single episode, so I apologize. (laughs) Yes. Um, The Wapapanago Nation. I definitely said that wrong and I'm sorry. I think so, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say it differently every time because I... Oh gosh, oh boy. <laughs> because I can't pronounce things ever. Um, and uh, obviously on a flag, like there's obviously like specific breakdowns and tribes within the nation, um, but I'll be referring to it kind of as a whole. Um, so uh, these native peoples can trace their history back at least 10,000 years prior to Europeans arrivals and throughout this whole region kind of what is now New England um, the heavily forested land was where they were able to hunt deer and elk and bear and fish for trout and were able to cultivate the land with agriculture meanwhile you know 10,000 years later after they've been here for the whole time in November of 1620 the shores of now modern day America were being greeted by the infamous Mayflower this ship made its way over from England. The what? You know it. You love it. The Mayflower. <laughs> I wanted to come I'm out sorry. on stage, like Razzle Dazzle style. <laughs> like big lights coming down. <laughs> Mayflower. <laughs> it's just funny. I've never heard someone describe the Mayflower as infamous, and it's so appropriate. Uh-huh. I don't, yeah, that, that we need to like make this more, this needs to be the normal way to talk about <laughs> the infamous chef. I guess it's it on your ancestry. I'm sure actually a good percentage of the country does call it infamous. Yeah. 
Yeah. I guess anyway. we won't blame the ship on on what happened. Yeah, next, the ship was but... innocent. It was just floating around. It was the people steering it. And that's the message I'm here to say today. Yes. Stop blaming the Mayflower on what yeah. happened. It was the people, not the object, damn it. Anyways, so this ship made its way over from England with 102 passengers and about 30 crew members. And this gang on the ship is now known as the Pilgrims. And they were trying to get the heck out of England to find religious freedom from the Church of England. Um I didn't get into more of what of why they needed freedom from it. Like there's I don't a think lot they going on over I there just, with the Anglican yeah. Church, and yeah, there, it, yeah, there's, there's like, a lot. There's we're like not a religious Catholicism thrown in. Yeah, I just, yeah, I was like, no, next nah. three lines. That's <laughs> yeah. fine. Needed religious yeah. freedom because I will say the actual show like shows a little Mayflower like on the map and straight up says like they were trying to find religious freedom in America. So uh, that's all they said too. So that's, that's all they I say. Know. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. That's, <laughs> that's all that happened then. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so they arrived on the shores of again what is now modern day Massachusetts mm-hmm. right before winter started in November. Mm-hmm. And they were not ready for that shit. Mm-hmm. Uh if you've been to New England in the winter, it can be pretty heavy and heinous. Like it gets mm-hmm. icy, it gets pretty snowy, you know. I don't know that much about England's weather besides like it's rainy most of the time, I guess. Yeah. But like they don't get like winter storms like they do in um not like up north here. Yep, yeah, exactly. So they probably they thought were... they were like going to some tropical land, <laughs> like wearing like heard of shorts Cuba and place. Pink tops, yeah. Hawaiian shirts and like fanny packs. Yeah. We're ready, baby. Oh my god, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> Not sign up for this. <laughs> um, so our show begins here with a heavily edited version of how uh the pilgrims arrive. Um, and in the show, the undisclosed native peoples, they do not say anything or depict them in any like specific way. There's a lot of stereotyping that happens in this show. Came out in 1972. I've mm-hmm. even debated whether or not we show pictures from the show on oh our, boy. Like, YouTube yeah. clip. Yeah. It's grim. Yeah. Just as a warning if anyone goes to watch this. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the show, um, apparently the pilgrims pull up to shore. They like, you know, go through winter, um, by the way, in song form. Um, there's a lot of songs that happen. It's a musical, here. not quite, or um, just like only selectively. Okay. Like, I would say it's a kid's movie. They just throw a lot of music yes. in. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It didn't feel um surprising that there was music in it, I would say. Okay. But that also is a deeply offensive part of this show is that they were clearly trying to make Thanksgiving songs, which yeah. that's not a thing. There's not Thanksgiving. There's Halloween music, Christmas music. There's one Thanksgiving song, which is Alice's Restaurant, and there's nothing in between. <laughs> so they were trying to make it happen. Do not catch on. So Wow. I'm, I'm going to make a Thanksgiving on. song now just to spite you. Podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> I quit. Damn. <laughs> Anyways, so how the show depicted it is... um. Uh, yeah, the pilgrims just show up and uh, the native peoples were like, hey, what's up? Welcome. Good luck. And like, <laughs> it was just, they were just there hanging out on shore waiting for people to show up. The, the welcome party. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but the show does say, and this is true, that the pilgrims did not do well that winter. 
Um, mm -hmm. Out of the just over 100 English that arrived, only 53 survived the New Whoa. England winter. Whoa. Yeah, which I did not know. Um, Wait, did the movie say this or you? this is what you... Uh, I got the actual number from the interwebs, but the movie... Okay. <laughs> like okay. song form them being like it's so hard to survive here on winter and then it straight up shows like a morning party and like a coroner like you don't see the full body but like putting a blanket over someone's face oh, fuck and they're still like singing in the background <laughs> yeah it's they're so like hard religious <laughs> freedom at least we're not in england <laughs> <laughs> at least he died with religious freedom <laughs> it was worth it yeah um Yikes. so yes um and uh both again in real life uh <clears throat> and the film um it was after these uh harsh harsh winter months in which yeah half the english population just straight up fucking died uh, yeah. upon their arrival through diseases not being able to cultivate the land i'm sure the fact that it was snowing fucking everywhere and they were not ready mm -hmm. for it etc cetera, etc cetera. um that the um i'm gonna say it wrong again uh try harder this time wampa wampa no eggs wampa no eggs um okay. saw these pitiful white people dying left and right and um <laughs> The movie says that it was out of the goodness of their hearts that they stepped in to try and help these white people cultivate their land um, uh -huh, and navigate the woods. Mm -hmm. no one Not reality. debating the kind heart part, but I think there was a yes. little more than that. Uh -huh, being like, yes, let us help you take over this land um, is how kind of like the show puts it. Um, but in reality, um, They'd actually been in contact with white Europeans since about 1524. <coughs> um, and now there was some trade back and forth. Um, but as you could probably assume, it was not the friendliest of histories. Uh, not to point fingers on who was the aggressor, but every single finger is pointing. Yeah. Um, because, for example, only a handful of years before the Mayflower arrived, some white dude European, um, I didn't write his name down, invited some of the native peoples onto his ship to see what he had to trade. So a good amount of them went on the ship to, you know, look at the goods. And then he proceeded to kidnap them and sail back to Europe and sell them as slaves in Spain. Uh, so, not a great uh, history. Fraud, first crime. Well, not the first crime, but <laughs> the first explicitly named case. Crime. Exactly. We've got yeah. a classic case of fraud here, guys, and kidnapping. <laughs> Probably the some first... assaults in there as well. Yeah, just the first of the crimes of the pilgrims. <laughs> the first noted crime of the pilgrims. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. They did not say that crime in the show, I will no, say. No, of course not. They probably said, like, the, they took a diplomatic mission back to Spain. <laughs> mm. <laughs> anyway, um, so uh, the increasing contact um, that was leading up to the arrival of the Mayflower, you know, did things mm -hmm. like bring European diseases, which decimated um, kind of a lot of uh, the native peoples throughout New England, um, multiple nations, mm. but uh, including uh, it now in um, Wampa, 
God damn it. I can't ever say it. I'm so sorry. It's okay. The second time you said it. Oh, see, I said it differently again. The most important thing is the effort, in my opinion. I'm trying so hard. Spoken as not a Native American. (laughs) I know. That's why I'm like, I'm so sorry that I'm absolutely fucking this up. We do truly apologize. We are trying. Yes. Yes. Um, And I'm going to say some names in a little bit. And I strictly know that I will mess them up. Um, But we'll repeat them like 12 times in trying to say it once. Anyways, um, in this history, this, again, just before the Mayflower arrived, was known as the Great Dying. Uh, because oh. that's how many of their peoples were dying from disease, possibly smallpox or yellow fever, which was a fave of Europeans to bring over. Um, so in the spring of 1620, after the winter that killed off half those pilgrims, the contact that was made was actually a strategic move. So despite the disease and harm done by the Europeans, um, most of the Wampanoag peoples had also died, again, from the Great Dying, and they needed a strong front next to a neighboring Native peoples. And from a few of my sources, which I'll ne- note at the very end um, of this first episode, because there's a couple of them, mm. um, noted that uh, basically the reasoning was um, from the, the chief or the Sachem, I think is how you pronounce like what the chief is called, um, at the time noted that these white people probably brought powerful weapons with them, aka guns, aka they had been in contact with them for so long that they knew that they, they were knew. bringing some guns over and stuff, yeah. and therefore would be pretty good allies to have on their side against uh, really anyone else who they didn't necessarily get along with. So they stepped in and connected with the pilgrims, indeed teaching them how to survive on this land. Mm-hmm. Um, again, creating an allyship-ish there. In classic American fashion, based <laughs> on arms. <laughs> <laughs> and that's when America truly became America. <laughs> so yes. oh, you want our weapons? Cool. <laughs> cool. Boom, our most your flag. tried and true tradition to this day. Right. Our greatest exports are entertainment and weapons. <laughs> and this story had both. So, <laughs> razzle dazzle, Mayflower. Mayflower. <laughs> sorry. So I just imagine because, sorry. But, this is a very quick tangent. The Bob's the Bob's Burgers episode with the Thanksgiving play is my absolute favorite episode of like Bob's Burgers. And so I just imagine what if we did like we made we wrote a Thanksgiving musical and just like had a paper mache Mayflower that were like. But I want like pilgrim like rockets and like yeah. native native, like native people's rockets yeah, like rockets like interchangeably like pilgrim native pilgrim native <laughs> like, all together yeah. Uh-huh. 100%. Anyway, sorry, back to your story. I would listen to that Thanksgiving soundtrack. Yeah. If we wrote it. If we only if we wrote it. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't be good otherwise. No, no, definitely not. So it's in the fall of 1621 where our story truly begins after that long intro by me and the show itself. Um, which uh the show kind of gave like, you know two seconds actually my intro is much longer than the shows the show was just like the pilgrims wanted religious freedom so they came over winter was hard again corner over the dead person's face and then they became friends with the native peoples and they helped each other out so we start our show in the woods nearby the settlement of pill or of plymouth 
where one of our characters, little Johnny Cook, who's a hmm. pilgrim, is okay. off to go play in the forest, leaving his mother behind, probably like working herself in, to death in the kitchen. And his dad, we don't know where he is. Um, there's a lot of, I would, I want to say, kind of funny to pick. Not funny because it's like this would not slide in 2022, but I'm like, wow, the <laughs> 70s were a fucking wild time of just like <laughs> women were only cooking this entire show and being oh. like, don't go into the woods. It's scary out there. And men being like, it will be fine, Martha. And like, it's like, no wild. matter what, there's like a town hall meeting and a woman's like stirring her pot <laughs> at the town hall meeting. I wish that wasn't the case, but like straight <laughs> like up, they're always fucking cooking. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> So Johnny, uh, Johnny Cook, again, um, who, by the way, is, and they actually say in the show, the son of Francis Cook, who was actually a pilgrim uh, Mm. who came over on the Mayflower and did have a son eventually named John. So that's just a fun little like, here's our nod to quite history only. (laughs) We will not do any of this research for the native history. (laughs) Anyways. Uh, Okay. the journey so little johnny's going off into the woods because he loves to go play hunter so he's got like a little makeshift gun which is just like you know a little stick that he carved and he's got like a little like you know uh strap to carry it around and he hopes to be a great hunter one day and uh, is off to a good start in proving this as he goes into the woods and he starts hearing a turkey and so he starts to like make the turkey call back and forth with it Mm-hmm. And just as he leaps over a log, which actually is like, that's not good hunting because the animal is just going to run away if you run. jump to scare <laughs> like, it. Hear but you. Like, yeah. yeah, but like, I think he's supposed to be like eight or something. So, okay, okay he's fine. learning. Yeah. Yes, exactly. He's figuring mm-hmm. it out. But he doesn't find a turkey. Instead, he finds another little boy who was making the other turkey calls that he thought was a real life turkey. Oh, no, that's impressive. Uh, yes, exactly. So. I'm going to backtrack slightly to note again about the depictions in this story. Okay. Uh-huh. So again, so 1972, it's really the epitome of uh, stereotypes happening and some like deeply, deeply like whitewashed propaganda. Mm-hmm. Um, again, TBR, how many photos we include in the YouTube side of things? <laughs> we should talk about it. We should have uh, offline. Off we'll have a, uh-huh. con- a convo. Uh-huh. <laughs> But every depiction um, of any Native person is uh, very generalized. Um, It has no effort to, like, actually show this culture's, like, traditional dress or, yeah, their culture in any way. It was just, like, I guess, like, when you picture Native offensive stereotypes, it's that. (laughs) But gotcha. It is and that textbook. this whole episode. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Um, like from the picture in that article that I sent you, <laughs> the crime scene. Uh huh. The crime. Yes. The th- the, cr- the thumbnail <laughs> of a crime scene. Um. Yeah. I'm getting some. I'm getting some images. <laughs> yes. Exactly. We'll talk um, offline about how many we'll copy in here. Uh huh. Uh huh. Exactly. So. Um. For example, and because the stereotype continues, not just on physical depiction, 
but I will say also later like voices of some of like the adults and um I voiced by white people oh yeah (laughs) I would say I have no doubt about that um (laughs) and also names um and of note here I uh similarly am ignorant in like um the Wamba Pinello like naming traditions or anything like that um but I have a feeling that this little boy's name was, you know, just a classic. Uh, we're going to pull two words out of a hat and say that that's this child's <laughs> okay. name. Um, this boy's name is Little Bear, which is a very uh, cute name. But yes, is. I wanted I to that. flag just that whole situation. Yeah. Leading up to this naming of this child. Oh boy. Um, okay. So just as a general flag, that is, I will say, the only... Like, these are the only names besides Jeremy, obviously, who we will get to eventually. Don't forget about the squirrel. Um, Those are the only names we know this whole episode. (laughs) (laughs) Me too, honestly, while watching this. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, oh, wait, shit, that's why the squirrel saves the day. Uh Uh-huh, uh-huh. So, uh, Little Bear, um, who, again, is another, like, eight-year-old boy, Mm -hmm. uh, has also similar, like, a little, like, toy uh, bow and arrow, and him and Johnny, in perhaps the most accurate depiction in this whole show, immediately start arguing back and forth with each other. Oh, you know, nice. They just show up and immediately become besties because, again, yeah. that's not how it happened. Whatever happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, different peoples. But uh, basically, they're arguing about how one ruined the other one's turkey call and like their turkey hunt. And they start getting into who is the best hunter in these woods. Mm. Little Bear saying that he is the son of the chief and he is the greatest hunter. And Johnny saying that he is the greatest hunter because his dad is Francis Cook, who I guess we want to say his name too. Yeah. Apparently, I don't I know. Guess. I Wikipedia him, and it said nothing about being a good hunter. He was just like oh. I don't know, some dude. He was just the person. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess uh-huh. he survived that winter, which made him a fine hunter. Well, yeah, that made him like a hero among them. <laughs> he didn't die. It's like you're a president now. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, congrats. <laughs> so as the fight continues, we see at last the first appearance of the true hero of this story, Jeremy the Squirrel. Yes, Jeremy who knows English, just like, oh. obviously, Johnny, he, he's English, but apparently also Little Bear um, had was forced to probably learn English by this time, um, jumps down and breaks up the fight between the two boys. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, I'm just gonna, there's a lot of that, though, that happening in this episode. Good, yeah, it's good. I've honestly just been, like, laughing over here the entire, <laughs> I don't know how long this episode has gone so far, mm-hmm. but... Like I and keep wiping tears out of my eyes because it's so painfully funny. Uh-huh. <laughs> yep. And so um, Jeremy breaks up the fight between the two boys, pointing out the woods are big enough for the both of them to be great hunters and they should be friends because of this. So Johnny and the little bear are like, yeah, you know what? You're right. And because we know how trustworthy the white man's handshake was at the time, <laughs> they shake hands on it. And decide to both share the woods. Uh, so they become friends, and this is what they often do in their playtime: is they go into the woods and uh, play hunter together. Okay. So it's one day later that fall where they decide to go off in the woods again, 
leaving their mothers behind in the kitchen, cooking, uh-huh, cooking away. But especially on this day, they're they're cooking a lot because there's something special going on um, over there in Plymouth. But the boys, you know, their sisters probably have to stay home and cook. The boys are allowed to just go off into the woods and play hunter for the day. And instead of going after a turkey this time, um, they decide to go after one of the most dangerous creatures in these there woods, timber wolves. Oh, whoa. Uh-huh. They're down, pretty boys. confident in their yeah. eight-year-old boys. Little bear, um, maybe, but this little Johnny Cook kid, he's about to get himself killed. Yeah, he's shown that he's a bad hunter. He tried to like jump on his prey. I don't... Yeah. It ain't whatever. great. Also... <laughs> With what weapons, boys? The wooden gun. <laughs> Just like yeah, hit the exactly. wolf across the head before it hits you. <laughs> yeah, so that's the plan, apparently. Um, cool. But as they dash off into the woods, uh, Jeremy catches sight of them and is like, you guys are going over some fucking wolves? Like, just jumps down and basically is like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, do not go so deep into the woods and do not go after wolves. Like, what are you idiots doing? Yeah. But it's, he's literally just a little squirrel. And these are some rambunctious eight-year-old boys who are stoked on playing Hunter. So they pretty much just straight up ignore him and like keep going deeper into the woods, chasing after what they think are wolf tracks. Um, what they think, uh-oh. Mm-hmm. And so they are following these tracks and indeed keep going deeper and deeper into the darkening woods. Back in Plymouth Colony, the pilgrims and uh, the Wampapanoag tribes or peoples are just about to sit down to a friendly feast together, almost oh. ready to celebrate what would become the first Thanksgiving. And as depicted by the show, it was simply a day of lovely cooking and celebrating their friendship and the bounty that they had been able to harvest over the last year. Yeah allies yeah uh-huh but in reality and i actually did not know this until i was googling all of this i was like eh, probably the first thanksgiving is i assumed just a made-up thing and like not how it happened but i never really fully looked into it so the pilgrims were indeed having a giant harvest feast to celebrate the bounty which they learned how to cultivate because of the yes. wampa panoans mm-hmm. but the native peoples weren't actually invited to the feast oh, um, instead what? the pilgrims were like straight up partying and like some frat bros shooting off some muskets or like guns and yeah. a few of like the wampa panoags came over because they thought like the pilgrims were under attack and because oh. they were like allied re like other attacking anyone they came over being like are y'all okay and yeah. that's when they got invited to join the party because again wow boy pilgrims were like, hey, you're already here like come on yeah yeah now. come on in oh you know i like i guess we have enough of your food here to share right. exactly wow, how it's rude. like kind of was like a yeah like a frat party or like house party you show up and like the host like kind of knows you like wasn't expecting you but yeah. they're like yeah we got a keg like we got enough oh you brought some beers all right dope come on in because I'm trying to figure Wampa- out. I'm like, yeah, is this rude or actually was that like, okay, that was actually kind of, it's, uh, there's an argument there. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they didn't like turn. It's like why weren't they already invited? But then yes, they didn't turn them away when they came. They weren't like no, no, no. We're fine. Go the fuck back. Yeah, yeah. Get out of here. I will say it was known as the Wampanoag. People did bring um, like some deer over and some other food to the okay as well. They're like, all right, let's turn this into a block party, guys. (laughs) Yeah, block. Yes, that's a perfect description. Like it became a block party situation. Cool. Um, But in the show, instead of that. both the Wampa Panoag and Pilgrim parents were simply so busy prepping for their bounty party that it's only when everyone was gathered to sit down at the table did they notice that two of their kids were just missing. The moms were too busy cooking all day to look for them. I'm sure the fathers blamed the women for losing track of the children. And this food is cold. We lost (laughs) our kids and you didn't even cook the food right. I'm only getting one turkey. I know, just drunkenly like shooting shit into the air. Um, So uh, they put paws on the feast because indeed they were like, where the fuck are these kids? It's getting dark out. So like kind of rightfully they were like, these fucking kids we should probably go find them because they knew that these two boys loved playing in the woods and so the parents notably the men because this is indeed where the scene where the women are like but the woods are so scary (laughs) francis and francis says don't worry we'll find them and Mm -hmm. so all of the dads get torches um and they're able to see the little boys tracks heading very deep into the forest which is rapidly growing darker by the minute since it is November in New England. So it's probably like 5 p.m., but it gets dark as hell there early. So again, women left behind. Basically, I just want to note that essentially this conversation must have been like, look, 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 I know you just spent all day cooking. I don't care. Wrap up the food. We're going to let it get cold. I'm going to go find these kids. Don't eat while I'm gone. I have no idea when we'll be back. I hope Put you're not hungry. Put in some Keep it warm. Don't eat any of this while we're gone. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> so the men but leave the to go find the boys. But the woods are so scary. Uh-huh. In reality, I think the women were like, I just spent fucking 12 hours cooking. I'm not allowed to eat this shit now. Exactly. Yeah. Great. Like you can go eat so. something else. Go pick something else and eat that in the yeah, meantime. Yeah, make something else, but not this <laughs> feast meant for us. Yeah. So by this point, the two literal children who thought they could track down timber wolves and survive mm-hmm. kind of stop and they look at each other. They look at the ground, noticing that there's no tracks anywhere anymore. They look up at the moon that's fully risen and realize they're lost as fuck in the <laughs> <laughs> They're like, okay, which, which way should we take? And they both point in different directions. So oh, no. they are not off to any type of good. They weren't off to a good start, but they're even worse off now. That would actually be terrifying too. Yes. As someone who has gotten lost in various situations before, that would be scary, but also more so of like, this is the 1600s and like already the the woods of New England are very thick, but like even more so back then, like mm-hmm. you no probably developed nothing. Yeah, exactly. Like you ain't seen shit in these woods, especially if you've mm-hmm. just been thinking you're following tracks and then lost the tracks. You are deep in there. Yeah. Um, but luckily they're able to hear a river nearby and kind of make their way to the river, uh, putting together that like okay, we know that there's a river near Plymouth and like the settlement. So like, if we follow the river, 
will probably make it back home. And for some reason in, I guess, eight-year-old boy thinking, instead of saying like, let's just follow the banks of the river um, down or up whatever way we think we need to go, we got to go apparently the way the current is going. And the best way to do that is just hop on a log and ride it as like a little canoe, um, this rushing river, um, because that makes sense. Instead of just, again, following the bank, I guess they were like, it'll save time. Yeah, it's faster. It's faster. Yeah, maybe they thought they were being efficient. I'm not sure. But yes, they decide. Yeah, they both sit on the log and yeah, they're using like their little weapons as like little um, paddles, even though again, it's like a very quickly rushing river. (laughs) Um, And at this point, I guess it like took them some time to find the river and also to like find a log that could handle both of their weight. So at this point, Jeremy has finally caught up to them, but sees them going towards like, you know, down river and is yelling from the shore. That's not the direction of the settlement. But of course, the roaring river. Wise Jeremy. They can't hear the little squirrel squeaking on the side of the banks. And even more so, they can't hear Jeremy shouting that that direction of the river goes directly to a waterfall. Of course. Of, of course. course. <laughs> it always and does. It always does. And something else that these literal children didn't realize as they went deeper and deeper into the forest is that they indeed were not the trackers. Instead, they were the ones being tracked by the timber wolves who are ready to have a Thanksgiving feast of their own that night. But instead of turkey on the table, they're ready to have little boys. Yikes. Tables just turned. Uh That's a plot twist. I was not expecting that. Yeah, literally. I was not expecting Mm -hmm. that, though. Mm -hmm. Wow. So these are like sentient timber wolves i mean they see like you know wolves know what to track and it's like always go for the weakest of the pack like that's how like they track like bison is find the weakest one and like bison are like so much bigger than them but they find the weak one they like center it off and go for it so in reality this is like the equivalent of like hot pockets for them like this is easy (laughs) to cook in they're not being popping in the microwave. Scratch. You gotta wait though. It's gonna burn. It's gonna be cold on the out or the inside, but the, <laughs> it'll burn Singing you on the, on the outside. Always. I guess. But like, I this guess is an easy meal. Yes. So I guess for me, because Jeremy can talk, I have to remember he's like the only, he is the only talking animal in this, uh-huh. right? Okay. Yeah. So for me, because he can talk in my mind, I'm imagining like a crowd of Timberwolves getting together, like you see those kids out there and like talking and like planning this uh-huh. meal. So I was like, wait, is there like a, a, a herd of, what do you call it? A a pack, whatever, a pet. Thank you. A pack of Timberwolves, uh-huh. like conspiring behind the scenes here, but no, I mean, I, Yeah. Oh no, I, I think that like, tracking kids. Yeah, I think they like saw them and being like, this is an yeah. easy fucking meal. So the point where like they just like literally send like one or two of the wolves off to go get them because they yeah. know that these children do not have weapons. Yeah. I've probably been tracking them for a while when mm-hmm. they, you know, kids started just like walking through the woods pretty loudly, right. probably because they're eight. Um <laughs> yeah, and they were just like, <laughs> okay, we'll just like keep track of them for a little bit and then just you know you got to make sure that the dinner you bring over lines up with the stuffing and the rolls <laughs> at the exact same moment so don't kill them too early so like they're still fresh and warm and, and toasty. Right. 
And it's with these hungry wolves tracking the little boys, the lost boys approaching the vast waterfall, the men looking for their children, and a little squirrel yelling on the banks of the river, and a feast growing cold that we will end this episode today with this almost literal cliffhanger. Cliffhanger, how (laughs) dare you with that excellent (laughs) pun. Amazing. With more to come next week. Wow. Um, I cannot wait. Briefly, my sources were, of course, Wikipedia, an Atlantic article by David J. Silverman called in 19 or in 19 in 1621 the Wampanoag tribe had its own agenda a wash po piece by Dana Hedgepeth called this tribe helped pilgrims survive their thir- first thanksgiving they still regret it 400 years later and mm. the Mashpee Wampanoag tribes website which is one of the tribes um in the Wampanoag nation and with that <laughs> we will continue on with how the first Thanksgiving was potentially saved by a Jeremy, by Jeremy, a squirrel, and further crimes of the pilgrims peoples yeah. next week. Wonderful. There you go. I love it. Ta-da! So- <laughs> yes. I was going to say, should they tell anyone between now and next week? Yes, between now and next week. Who should they tell? Who should who should they spread the word to? Well, I think you should all go out and uh, find a squirrel. <laughs> Tell a squirrel. Good. Tell a squirrel. They, they're they wiser than we think. And this movie, mm-hmm. this little Thanksgiving special is proving it. I don't know uh-huh. if the squirrel will watch our podcast, but like, go and just get, get in touch with nature and uh, yeah. befriend a squirrel and be like, hey, by the way, you're going to look super fucking crazy when you do it. Just do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. Great. After you tell the squirrel, um, I think wherever you're getting your, if you celebrate Thanksgiving again in the, our now celebratory day of just getting a family and friends together and Mm -hmm. uh, having delicious food, wherever you're getting your turkey from, if you eat turkey or whatever your main dish of your Thanksgiving feast would be, um, tell whoever you're buying it from. Justin and I get it from, um, a local farm out here and we love to go before all the turkeys um are killed and try and pick out which one's going to be ours we hope and be like oh we hope it's that one we hope it's that one and they're all just gobbling around the farm so like knowing yeah having no clue what's going on Uh we see them living happy little lives and we like to try and pick one out so we'll tell the, the people we get it from and we hope you do the same wonderful and until next week we'll we'll see you soon bye Thanks for tuning in to Saturday Morning Mysteries. If you enjoyed this episode, please share, rate, review, leave us a like, and drop a comment. We post episodes every Saturday and bonus tune tangents whenever we feel like it. So please subscribe so you don't miss the shenanigans. And if you want to follow us on YouTube, click the bell under the YouTube subscribe button to receive notifications when new videos are posted. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, we have no idea what you're listening to us on. So just hit the big subscribe button on whatever app you're using. We we believe in you. Give us a follow on Twitter and Instagram at SatmornMist, all the abreeds. And let us know if you have any episode or show requests by emailing SaturdayMorningMysteries at gmail.com. Thanks to Jenna Kendall for the logo design and to Ava Sakiki for the music used during this week's episode. 
See y'all groovy kids next week on Saturday Morning Mysteries.